0: into the Dream Factory. A warm, cozy, and extremely lovely place
1: where only the most visceral nightmares and pleasure-driven musings of its residents
0: are mercilessly extracted and sold for the pure enjoyment of others. The Dream Factory, a new novel by Mark Marcus. Now available on your Apple device, Kindle, and on Amazon.com. Go to candleshorepublishing.com forward slash dream E.G. Marshall Major Domo of this halfway house Halfway between Reality and illusion Is this All there is This insignificant speck of dust That winds its weary way Round and round A tiny reddish yellow sun In a remote backwater Of some obscure galaxy In an endless Universe Are we the only sign of sentient life? Is everything else out there to the infinite frontiers of space and time lifeless, bloodless, mindless? What are you waiting for? A reply? It's all we can do to pose such a question, let alone answer it. The money is no problem. I can place my hands
1: on a million, two million, name it.
2: What is the problem? Where can we go? Where?
1: Yes. Once we take that money, we'll have to hide somewhere.
2: Oh, that is no problem.
1: We'll have to hide somewhere for the rest of our lives.
2: Of course.
1: I'm afraid there's no place in this world where we can do that.
2: I was thinking of a place that is not in this... this world.
0: mystery drama The Eleventh Hour was written especially for the Mystery Theater by Sam Dan and stars Larry Haynes and Carol Tytel. It is sponsored in part by Buick Motor Division and Anheuser-Busch Incorporated Brewers of Budweiser. I'll be back shortly with Act One. someone were to say to you, listen, my friend, on the planet Venus, there are endless fields of platinum and gold, enormous bottomless seas of oil. The very stones on the ground are glittering diamonds and lustrous pearls. And best of all, I know a way to get there, a secret way of my own. I'll need some cash for expenses, of course. But believe me, you will never make a sounder, a more substantial, a more solid investment in your life. Even if you have to mortgage your house to raise the money. If someone were to say all this to you, what would you answer? Well, before you say anything at all, remember, in effect, that's what Columbus said to Queen Isabella. Or at any rate, that's what she thought he said. Let us follow Mr. J. Raymond Trask, who is en route to his office. He hails a cab.
1: Uh, where to, Mac? The Trask building. Hey, uh, you must be old J. Raymond Trask himself, huh? Yeah, yeah, I recognize you from the papers. Uh, tell me, what's good in the market today? I never give tips. Why not? Because you might lose your money. Oh, how could I lose if you give me the tip? I've been wrong. No, I'm willing to take the chance. I'm not. Suppose you became wealthy, fabulously wealthy. You'd hate me even more. Why? You'd worry about money. You'd let money dominate your life. You'd lose your good humor, your good nature. No, no, you better not chance it. <laughs> you know something? I hate you now. now may I uh, see your newspaper, please? Oh, you you, you want to get the day started with a laugh? Huh? Read the personals column. I can't afford to waste my time with... Yeah, I, I I guess you can't. You only read something where you can make a buck, huh? Don't you ever do anything just for a laugh. May I glance at your paper? Yeah, just 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 read the top item in a column and then uh, give me your opinion of it. You know, you know, as a man of the world...
2: Uh,
1: my heart, my mind, my soul, my spirit reach out to someone. Reach out to make contact with someone. Someone I need, and that someone needs me. If you are that someone, write to me. Please write to me at box number 898. But now, what do you think of that, huh? Oh, such nonsense appears in the papers these days. You're going to answer it? My good man, I shall add a dollar to your tip if you'll permit me to glance at the financial pages in silence. Well, don't you need someone? Why don't you answer it? Oh, I don't need nobody. I already got somebody. But, uh, don't you need somebody? I'll make that five dollars. You got a deal, and I'll throw in the newspaper. Yes. Uh, all right, send her in.
2: Raymond, I'm sorry to bother you, but... but you'll uh... do it
1: anyhow. Very well, Millicent, what do you want?
2: Raymond, it's about Douglas. Yes? You, uh, you're displeased with him. <sighs>
1: What are you doing, Millicent? Coming here to fight his battles?
2: You know how how carefully he's been brought up. I
1: know how badly he's been brought up. All right. Millicent, I bent my most inflexible rules. I hired a man, in this case a boy, on the basis of a family connection.
2: Ray, this is how things are done.
1: Not by me. He's your sister's boy, but he hasn't got brains enough to peel an orange.
2: You have to give him a chance.
1: I gave him a chance. It almost cost me a million dollars. He stupidly neglected to check oh, on a simple. Oh, please,
2: just don't fire him.
1: No, I won't. Thank you, Raymond. But he'll work here at his level of competence. And at this point, I can't see anything higher for him than in the mail room.
2: Oh no. And
1: even that may be too advanced. You
2: can't be serious. Why not? Your nephew, my sister's son, in the mail room. I started in the mail room. Oh, Raymond. Why does does he have to have any responsibility? <sighs>
1: I don't follow that.
2: Be reasonable. Look, you have more money than we can ever spend. We have no children. And so, like it or not, Douglas will be very wealthy one day.
1: (sighs) What are you trying to tell me, Millicent?
2: He has no incentive to work. He told me so himself. Why not my brains out, Aunt Millicent? Just to get rich, I'll be rich anyhow.
1: Well, that's quite an attitude.
2: Like it or not, it's what
1: exists. This is the most ridiculous (laughs) thing.
2: Raymond, you can't. Change people. You know that. And so settle for second best. Find a, a tolerable or at least a, a non-abrasive way to live with him. That's how you and I live, isn't it?
1: Tell him to show up at his desk tomorrow.
2: He he can't show up tomorrow. You see, he was so upset that he went away for the weekend. He went he went skiing. Well,
1: tell him to show up when it's convenient. Geologists' reports show absolutely no traces of precious metals in the area.
2: Uh, Yes, Mr. Thad?
1: And under the circumstances, my heart, my mind, my soul, my spirit, all reach out to someone. Oh, would you read that back, Miss Mojia?
2: Geologists' reports... Show absolutely no traces of precious metals in the area, and under the circumstances, my heart, my mind, my soul, my spirit, all reach out to someone.
1: Uh, Miss Mulher, what are you saying?
2: You ask me to read it back.
1: Now, what is this gibberish about my mind, my heart, my soul, my spirit, all reach out to someone? But that's exactly what you dictate. When? Just now. Well, why would I make a ridiculous statement like that in the middle of a letter to the chairman of the board?
2: Oh, I'm sorry,
1: sir, I, I... Now, let us continue, Miss Mulher, please. Uh... I cannot see how we can possibly justify committing a substantial investment to, uh... Uh... I reach out. To make contact with someone.
2: Mr. Trask, sir...
1: Uh, yes, what is it?
2: You you're doing it again. What? Well, you just said I cannot see how we can possibly justify committing a substantial investment. I reach out to make contact with someone.
1: Miss hair, please go to your desk, recover from whatever it is that seems to be affecting you, and then we shall try oh, again. Oh, Fortunately, Tuck, I... your long record of service testifies to your sobriety and common sense. If necessary, take the rest of the day off.
2: But, Mr. Tad...
1: That'll be all, Miss Mulhair.
3: Good morning, Mr. Wilson. Uh, Ah, ah, now you must call me Douglas. Now, please, sir, I have to finish this letter. Do you know a woman truly arrives at the great peak of her beauty when she's (laughs) forty? Oh, sir. (laughs) You're like some glorious Gaelic queen. Mr. Wilson, Mr. Trask needs this letter. Will the world stop spinning if it's five minutes late? My world will. How is the old bear? I don't know. (laughs) You? Miss Mulhair? You don't know? You don't fool me, you know him like a book Lately, it's been a closed book What have we here? I don't know The man is...
2: distracted How? Why? By what? It's hard to say He he goes along all guns firing his usual self And then... then... Then what? Then... Well, he goes away where? I don't know. But it's as if he takes his leave. And he starts to mutter something about reaching out, trying to make contact with somebody or something. Oh, what is all this? I don't know, Mr. Wilson. Uh, but I'm afraid. Of what? Uh, once again, I don't know. But I've never seen Mr. Trask
3: at peculiar in his life. Hmm. Well... I do know he's mad at me. Oh, yes, sir, that he is. Well, I'll do what I can.
2: In what way, sir?
3: Oh, poor guy. He's been cooking so hard it finally got to him. I won't irritate him anymore. How
2: can you not irritate him?
3: Uh, I guess I'll just have to turn over a new leaf. Let me go in and talk to the old boy. Good morning, sir. Oh, it's you. Yes, sir. And I got the decks cleared, and I'm ready for action. Now, let's
1: understand each other, Douglas. Your aunt and I had a serious discussion, and she's right. You're a jackass, but you were born lucky. So you'll always be assured of a plentiful supply of hay.
3: (laughs) I must say, Uncle Raymond, you're not much of a flatterer.
1: That's because I'm pretty much of a realist. So, you've got your office, your secretary, your salary, and
3: just keep out of the way. Uncle Ray, I've done some things. That's all, Douglas. I've decided to make a fresh start. My, My heart... The mind, my soul. See, I've learned something from you. My spirit. The secret of success. And I'm going to make it work for me. Reach out to someone. Reach out. Uncle Ray. Hello. What's the
1: matter with you, Douglas? Why are you staring at me?
3: Well, what were you saying about someone reaching out to you?
1: Now, look, Douglas, I don't have time for you and your nonsense right now. I'm due at a meeting. Could I come along? What for? I want to learn the business. Douglas, we needn't play these charades. Now, go to your office and quit bothering me.
3: If you are
1: That someone Write to me Oh, please make contact with me Write to box number
2: Raymond, Miss Mulhair said there was no one in here with you and I...
1: What? Oh, oh, What is it, Millicent?
2: Yet I could have sworn I heard you talking to someone. You know what?
1: It must be a plot. Everyone's accusing me of talking to myself.
2: I want to talk to you about Douglas. Now what? He isn't happy. Why? He feels uncomfortable doing nothing. Well, that's too bad. Are we... uh dining at home this evening? I'm going away for the weekend with the Johnsons. I see. What does that mean? Nothing. We agreed to live this way a long time ago. We don't like the same people, the same activities, and so you go your way, I go mine.
1: Oh, I suppose I'll see you Monday evening,
2: huh? I suppose so. Good night, Raymond.
1: Good night. (sighs) Yes? Will you need me for anything else, Mr. Grasp? Uh, yes, yes, I want you to drop a note to, uh, box number 898. Yes, yes, Mr. Trask. Uh, never mind, I'll, uh, I'll do that myself. You can go home now. Yes, Mr. Trask. Have a nice Eight... Nine... Eight...
0: Four, J. Raymond Trask. What is he reaching out for anyhow? Is there a side of Raymond Trask that the world is unaware of? Somewhere, somehow, somebody is reaching out for someone. Be around when contact is made in act two. time when you get the opportunity, you might read a fascinating story by Mark Twain called Punch Brothers, Punch. It has to do with a man who reads a catchy little jingle and then finds that the words refuse to leave his head. He keeps hearing them day and night. Well, Mr. J. Raymond Trask has accidentally come across a paragraph in the personals column of the newspaper and for a reason he simply cannot fathom he is in a similar situation. My heart, my mind,
2: my soul, my spirit. Mr. Truss?
0: Oh, reach out.
2: Uh, excuse me, Mr. Truss. What?
1: Oh, yes, what is it?
2: Uh, where shall I file this, sir? File uh, what? This little clipping from a newspaper. It says, my heart, my mind, my soul. Where did you get that? It was on your desk.
1: Now, look here. You had no business to My orders
2: any... from you are to take every single piece of paper off your desk and find a proper place for it. And since I don't know what this means, I don't know what to do with it.
1: Well, couldn't your own common sense tell you where to file that? In the wastebasket. Where else?
2: Uh, yes, sir.
1: And don't touch that phone.
2: Well,
1: I-, I beg your pardon, sir. Just leave it alone. Well,
2: it's my job to answer your telephone.
1: Until further notice, I intend to do it myself. And I'll get back to your office.
2: Why, well, yes, Mr. Traskin.
1: Hello This is Ra'el Ra'el? Yes My name
2: is Ra'el And your name is Raymond And so
1: we have touched Now look, I'm I'm not sure that I What are you not sure of? What? Of Of what I'm doing Aren't you? Who are you? What do you want? We have reached for each other We have found each other. What's this all about? Reaching.
2: Touching. Why did you reach for me?
1: I don't even know who you are. We need each other. And now, we have met. Rael. What what kind of a name is Rael? What kind of name is Raymond? You still haven't told me. What do you want? What do you want? I I I want... I don't even know what I want. You must want something, or else you would not have answered my call. When? When When can we see each other? We have already seen each other. What, What do you mean? How could I possibly know what you look like? You know. You know what you want me to look like. And I know what I want you to look like. And we know what we must do for each other. I must be going crazy. Uh, look, Rael, or whatever your name is, let's forget the whole thing, huh? Uncle Ray, what are you doing here? I work here. All right, all right, Douglas, don't irritate me.
3: I have your recommendation on the Iroquois development. What are you doing with that? I wouldn't approve it. What are you talking about? Well, this goes counter to every principle of prudent investment. Douglas, why don't you take the day off and play golf? How does this group propose to develop that property? It's a nice day. There are no roads, no utilities, and furthermore, they don't even have a clear title to the property. What do you say to that? What do I say to what? This phony prospectus for Iroquois development. My mind, my heart, my soul. Uncle Ray, are you all right? Uncle Ray.
1: What do you think you are? Coming in here and shouting at me? Now go back to your office.
3: Please, check through this prospectus for Iroquois again. You'll see I'm right. Mr. Wilson? I heard every word. I tell you, Kitty, there's something wrong with that man. I... I think you're right. He'd better see a doctor.
2: I think you'd better see this. what is it? It, it? It's a clipping from a newspaper.
3: My heart, my mind, my soul... Say, this is what he keeps talking about all the time. Yes. And he seems
2: to be in a trance. What does it mean? I don't know. But it does sound as if... as if he's a man possessed.
3: <laughs> oh, Kitty Mulher. You wouldn't be talking about the little people now, would you? Ah, uh, there's something here, Mr. Wilson. Don't ask me what. But something.
2: Taxi. And when the taxi what? comes, may I share it with you, Raymond? Who are
1: you? How, how do you know my name?
2: You know who I am. Ryle. Ryle?
1: Ryle, what are you doing here?
2: I am here because we need each other. No,
1: we, we can't be seen here, not here, out on the street in public. No? No, I, I couldn't afford to be seen with a... A young, attractive woman. Why? Oh, well, My my wife.
2: We need each other, Raymond. What, what
1: is this thing? I read a paragraph in the paper and I can't get it out of my head.
2: You need me, Raymond. Come to see me. No, no,
1: I can't. I, sh- I shouldn't. I shouldn't. Where?
2: 22 Addison Road. Why?
1: I don't think I can.
2: Search your mind. Your heart, Raymond. Do you have any choice? What are you telling me, Douglas?
3: I don't know. There are two crazy things going on, both of which are completely out of character for Uncle Ray. First, he mutters some gibberish from this ad in the personals' columns of the paper. And the second thing, and and this is what really gets me, is the Iroquois development deal. I never heard of it. He's worked on some real estate thing.
2: It's going to take millions. That's nothing new for him. It's wild, barren
3: country. I mean, you can't sell it to anyone.
2: I assure you that Raymond can find people to put up money for anything.
3: But this isn't a public offering. This is something for the company to finance on its own. How do you know all this? I I told you. I'm serious about the business. I want to learn it. As a matter of fact, I'm even getting to like it. What can Raymond be thinking about? I don't know. And I hate to say this, but... I'm afraid that Raymond is... Well, he's not competent to handle the business. Douglas. What? Something has happened to Uncle Ray. I don't know what it is, but he just isn't the same person. It's as if he's a stranger. A man who no longer has the faintest idea what he's doing in that office.
2: Just a minute, Raymond.
3: How did
1: you... No, it was Raymond.
2: Come in. Is this how you pictured the house?
1: I I, I don't know how I pictured it.
2: A house like any other house on a suburban street? I'm here. Each of us wants something from the other.
1: I, I, I don't know what you're talking about.
2: Then leave. It was wrong of you to make contact. Leave and give me a chance to find someone else. I want...
1: I want the Iroquois Project. Yes. You don't know what that means, do you?
2: You will tell me.
1: One day... One day, I was sitting in my office and a question crossed my mind. The question was... I hope you're not going to laugh.
2: You know I will not laugh at you. And I know you will not laugh at me.
1: I asked myself, what am I going to do if there's a God? Yes. You see, I... I've lived my entire life as if there isn't any God. Do you understand? I understand. I have done everything. Well, no, not everything, but many of the things that God would disapprove of. I admit that flat out. Yes. And, and I won't be, I can't be a hypocrite about it. So what do I propose to do? The Iroquois Project. It's a 100,000 acre tract of wild, undeveloped country. I want to make it a place where people can go and live and find peace. Do you
3: understand? Yes.
1: That's good. Because nobody else will. I'm not selling anything. I, I'm giving it away. Anyone who wants to can live there for as long as he needs to. And everything is provided free of charge. Do you see? I see. So, if there is a God, this will square me with him. For, for what I've taken, I shall have returned. But if I'm going to be okay up in heaven when I die, I'm going to be in plenty of hot water down here on earth while I'm alive. You know that. I know. Now, in the first place... They're starting to ask questions right now in the office about the project. My, my wife is an officer of the corporation. She she could move to stop what I'm doing. I can help you. Well, from one viewpoint, it can all look like a giant fraud. You see, from another, it can appear that I've gone completely insane. I see that. So, so what I can expect to get out of the Iroquois project is to spend the rest of my life either in a prison or a sanitarium, and that's why I need... Someone, someone, someone to
2: help me To help you do what? Escape But so far, you have done nothing wrong But I have,
1: I have I've done more than just think about the project and talk about it I've already spent an enormous amount of money on it Money I simply cannot account for If I would have to That's why I must
2: escape And that is why you reached out for me Yes,
1: yes, but why did you reach out for me?
2: I want to go home. Where's home? I cannot explain it. Why not? You could never understand it. Well,
1: it it has to be simple. Just tell me the name of the
2: place. Rael.
1: But Rael is your name.
2: I said you could never understand it. Everyone who lives on Rael is called Rael. But it is the way it is said.
1: Now, look, it has to be somewhere. How many miles? In which direction? No.
2: It is here. Here? Here. What are you saying? It is the other side of here. There is no way I can make you understand it. Just as I really do not understand the real meaning of your Iroquois project. But I believe you. And you must believe me. Will you say you believe me, Raymond?
1: I believe you, Rael. But if you you don't come from here... What are you doing here?
2: I... I was very young, and I was very foolish. And one day, I decided... Poor, oh, force. Do you follow me?
1: Well, I'm, I'm not sure.
2: And, and it brought me here. But it does not work anymore. And I need a new one.
1: How can you get a new one, whatever it is?
2: You, You are going to help me, Raymond. Me? How?
1: What do I know about it? And from what you're saying, you're talking about a level of science that we have yet to achieve here on Earth. I know. Then how can I be... Every
2: civilization has its mysterious force. The basic essence that makes things happen. I discovered the one that you have on Earth. It is money.
1: Well, that should have been obvious.
2: Not to a stranger. And it is money that can create my force field, that will take me home again.
1: But no one on Earth knows how to build such a. I
2: machine. do. I do. I will use the money to transform the raw materials into energy.
1: But th- that'll take machinery and
2: skill. No. You see, you here, on what you call the Earth, use your money literally. The money transforms a tree into a house. But first you go through the motions of physical labor. I know how to transform the money into pure energy without wasting time or effort. Do you understand? Well,
1: I I think so. I'm not sure. Could I go back with you?
2: That is the only way you can escape.
1: What you're saying is with money, you can build a force field or a thing or whatever that will transport... Or transmit... Us back to whatever it is you come from. Yes. Do you know how
2: much money you'll need? I have priced the values of the basic raw materials. I will need exactly one million dollars.
0: One million dollars. True, in these days, a million dollars is no longer an awe-inspiring sum. It is hardly an amount to be bandied about lightly. And consider the conversation you've just heard in context. Is it possible that J. Raymond Trask is one of the shrewdest articles in the financial world? Everybody thinks so. Well, estimates will be revised, upward or downward, when I return shortly with Act Three. And travels his merry and selfish way through life, taking what pleases him with hardly a thought for either the consequences or the next fellow. And then suddenly, without warning, one day it occurs to him that there may be a judgment and a judge. And he realizes that he owes a tremendous debt. But will he be able to pay it one Million dollars.
2: I can convert one million dollars into the energy required for us to to escape.
1: Well, it, it won't be easy for me to raise one million dollars. I know. No, I'm afraid you don't. You'd have no way of understanding the complications.
2: That is not what is difficult. Those are the mechanics; you can solve them. The conflict, the true difficulty, is now within yourself. You are beginning to doubt and to question.
1: Well, I wouldn't exactly say that I...
2: I have been through this before. What do you mean? Before you and I made contact, there were others. Others? I reached out and touched others before I touched you.
1: Do you mean you actually spoke like this?
2: I have been here a long, long time. But in the end, they all failed me. That was because in their heart, they really did not believe me. Do you believe me, Raymond? Well, I, I, uh... This is the crucial time, Raymond, right now, this minute. Well, I, I... I can read your mind. You can? Yes. You are saying, what am I getting into? I... I read some notice in a newspaper, and here I am talking to... to a strange woman. And it has to be crazy. Isn't that what is going through your mind, Raymond?
1: Maybe, maybe, but it has to be. It has to be. After all, this doesn't make sense.
2: Isn't that why you are here? Because you are tired of making sense. That is, what passes for sense in this world. Aren't you looking for a a different world? My world? Come with me, Raymond. Come with me.
1: Yes. Yes, Ryle. Yes, I... I'll come with you.
2: Raymond, I demand an answer. What's the question, Ellison? Tell me about the Iroquois project. Why? Why? Because I am an officer of this corporation.
1: You never manifested any interest in any of our past projects.
2: I am interested in this
1: one. Your being an officer doesn't give you any say in the operations of the company. That's true. I'm not accountable to anyone for the decisions I make.
2: That is not true especially when I have reason to suspect either fraud or incompetence.
1: And what makes you suspect either?
2: The project is an expenditure of a vast sum of money with no clear way of realizing a profit. Well,
1: naturally, it's a non-profit venture.
2: So I must assume that you have some scheme for diverting the money into your own pocket, or that you have taken leave of your senses. just
1: what are you going to do about it?
2: Go to court. Yes, Mr. Trask?
1: Miss Mulhair, I want you to authorize payment for the publication of the prospectuses for the Iroquois project.
2: Uh, Yes, sir, but... uh, um, Yes,
1: what is it, Miss Mulhair?
2: I I don't think we can. You can pay anybody anything, Mr. Trask. You see, they went and got an injunction. Who? Your wife and your nephew. And until the court decides about certain things, all the company funds are frozen. I see Get
1: Mr. Wilson in here I, I,
2: I'm sorry I, I'm sorry I told them about the things in the paper But I thought I would be helping you
3: Forget it I'll go see him Now see here Douglas Uncle Ray May I present Mr. Cummings Mr. Cummings Mr. Trask Mr. Cummings is with the district attorney's office.
1: How do you do, Mr. Trask? What are you and my wife trying to put over on me, anyhow?
3: We're trying to keep you from making a fool of yourself. Mr.
1: Trask, do you know a young lady named Rael? Why do you ask? Well, because she's quite obviously a confidence operator.
3: You better listen to this, Uncle Raymond. She has a criminal record? She evidently places a sort
1: of advertisement to lure her victims, who are usually persons under some sort of... Emotional strain. What sort of proof have you?
3: Plenty of proof, Uncle Ray. Just listen.
1: She gives them a story of how they can escape to, uh, Well, it's never quite clear. Some sort of paradise, another world, maybe.
3: And tell them how, Mr. Cummings.
1: Well, that's never quite clear, either. Flying saucer or some esoteric, mysterious method.
3: Now, what do you say, Uncle Ray? I say
1: it's a lie. We have in the past received several complaints. But since all of them came before money had changed hands, there was no way to prosecute. And she has no criminal record, Douglas. That's only a
3: technicality. She has been in several mental institutions. Maybe she's not a criminal, but she's a nut. Just how much money
1: has she asked you for, Mr. Trask?
2: Yes, it is true. I have been placed in your mental institution. Rael. I must say, they do very little for one's mentality. Rael.
1: tell me about this this force field and exactly why you need the million.
2: I have already told you as much as you are capable of understanding.
1: Rael, I want to believe.
2: Then believe. What is stopping you? Oh, I know. I know. The habits of a lifetime. But you must believe.
1: The, wor- the world we're going to, your world. What's it like, Rael?
2: What did you want the Iroquois Project to be like, Raymond?
1: A, a place of, of peace and love.
2: You cannot have it here. Your world is not ready for it. And despite your eleventh hour repentance, you really do not know how to build it either. Everyone in your world who tries to create peace and love pays a terrible price for it finally.
1: When, when can we leave?
2: We require one million dollars. We can leave the moment you bring it here.
1: (laughs) Mr. Trevor, Your Honor, I protest this entire procedure. No one. No one has the right to drag a man into a court of law and put his sanity on
2: uh, trial. Mr. Trask, none of your rights have been violated. Indeed, it is the duty of this court to ensure that they are protected. And what am I doing here? For your own protection, as well as for your families and the stockholders of your company, it has been proposed that you undergo a series of tests. To determine your mental capability.
1: In other words, to have me certified insane, so my wife and my nephew can strip me clean. Mr.
2: Trask, this court has no such aim in view. It is therefore our decision that you be. Con- <gasps> oh, Mr. Trask, what, what are you doing here, at this hour of the night? Aren't you supposed to be in well, the- Let's
1: say, I escaped. Oh. Don't be alarmed, Miss Moria. I'm not dangerous. What,
2: what did you come here for, Mr. Trask? I need money. Money? Well, yes. I can imagine you would. I uh, I have some money. It's not much, just a few hundred. But it could get your plane ticket somewhere. No,
1: thank you. I need a million dollars.
2: A million? Oh,
1: well, we don't have that much in the office. Yes, I know, we but never. I still remember the combination to the safe.
2: Oh, no, Mr. Trask, you wouldn't.
1: In which... We have over a million dollars' worth of negotiable bonds, bearer bonds, which are as good as cash.
2: Please, Mr. Dress, please don't.
1: Don't try to stop me with hair. Sixteen right. Over to zero. Now,
2: so far, you're not in any real trouble. You can beat them.
1: Twenty-four left. Do this. Over to zero.
2: And you cross the line. I've
1: crossed it long ago. Where can you hide? You'd be surprised. But there's no escape. And here we are.
2: Oh, oh. Now, put the bonds back, Mr. Truss, please. Out of
1: my way, Miss Mulhair. Just stand aside.
2: No, I'll not let you. I worked for you 20 years. I've loved you for 20 years. You didn't even know I was alive, but I didn't care. Just being here was enough.
1: I said get out of my way. Oh,
2: no, please, listen. Out of
1: my way.
3: (gasps) Raymond...
1: Mr. Cummings Mr. Cummings, my uncle broke out of the uh, institute. we know. He went to the office and took a million in negotiable bonds from the safe. He must have gone to that woman's place. He's there now. What? We've had a place staked out. Our man saw him go in there. Don't let him get away. The place is being watched. Don't worry. Ryle. Raymond. This is the money. It's even better than money. Look. I see. Ryle. Rael, I'm a desperate man. Everything I've done until tonight might be interpreted in two ways. But now I've crossed the line. I've stolen this money. But it is your money. Well, it is and it isn't. But I have to know,
2: What Raelle, do you have to know?
1: Is, is it true? What you promised?
2: Look at me, Raymond. Look at me. We are making contact. Yes, yes. Our minds, our hearts, our souls, our spirits, our touching. Yes. And now, with the money, I shall create the force that will remove us from this place. Close your eyes. Close your eyes now. Now, hold my hand. And now, do you feel the force? Rael, yes.
3: I feel, I feel,
2: is the whole room is spinning? Yes, yes, Raymond, it is, it is. And,
1: and that smell, that sharp smell. The
2: forces, the life forces in flux. Try, Ryle, I'm dizzy. I'm, I'm going to faint. Don't fight it. I'm going to pass out. No, no, Raymond, not pass out, but pass through, pass over, and pass into... The other side of the world.
3: They're. they're gone. No
1: one's here. Oh, they couldn't get away. They couldn't. We had the place surrounded.
3: We've been
2: upstairs, downstairs, in the attic, down the cellar, not a sign of them.
3: We had the place surrounded. How could they get away, Mr. Cummings? How? I don't know. They must have
2: gotten past your men somehow. Now look, they can't get away. We've
1: set up roadblocks. We're covering the airport, the bus station. They have no place to go and no way to get there. We'll have them in hand in 24 hours. I promise you.
0: The assistant D.A., Mr. Maxwell Cummings, made that promise some five years ago. So far, he has been unable to keep it. Since that evening, no one has ever seen Ra L. or J. Raymond Trask. I'll be back in just a few moments with a comment on the story you just heard, plus some other assorted goodies. you can't be all things to all people we can because our stories have something for everybody do you want to believe Ra'el is a visitor from another world such an assumption cannot be disproved is she a slick flim flam artist well if that interpretation makes you feel better be our guest it is scientifically possible to create a force field to break away from the world. It's also practically possible to elude even the tightest police surveillance. All things are possible, especially here, seven times each week. Our cast included Larry Haynes, Carol Tytel, Mary Jane Higby, Don Scardino, and Arnold Moss. The entire production was under the direction of Hyman Brown.